Awesome date. May 23rd, 2008. Awesome topic. It's like Spinal Tap meets Scooby-Doo meets Norway. This is the Awesome Cast. Folks, welcome to the Awesome Cast, your podcast for everything awesome. I'm Basil. I'm Eric. And I'm nobody. And that's us. First, a uh, public service announcement: If you haven't actually watched Speed Racer yet, go now. Why haven't you? Yeah, come on, guys. Look, we we, we will not feel bad if you pause the podcast. Stop us right now. Go see Speed Racer. Come back. Get in your car. Cars in their Speed Racer. Get in your car. Vroom, vroom. We'll still be here. We'll, yeah, we will. Why is it so important that they need to go see Speed Racer? Because no one fucking did, and that is a travesty. <laughs> yeah, it made eleven million. Eleven million. It cost what a hundred and hundred million. Hundred million to, to film. It's only made eleven million dollars, guys. It's a, it's a it's a fun movie. I'm not gonna say it's a good movie, but it's a fun movie. It's a blast. Go see it. It's also definitely going to be better to see it in the theater. It's going to lose a lot when it goes to the small screen. Basically, if you don't see it now, you're not going to really see it. And no, no, it's not a good movie. It's not a fun. Movie. It's a great movie. I don't know what Eric's smoking, but it's great. It really is a blast, guys. You, you all need to go. Do yourself a favor. If you got family, take your kids. If you don't got family, buy you know enough tickets for kids. Uh, just you know, get down there and watch the movie, guys. Okay. Rock band drum covers. Oh yeah, I found some rock band drum covers at GameStop. So we're gonna try those out and guess I'll let you know how those go. Um, despite what we said last week, we're not actually reviewing Narnia this week, as stuff happened, things occurred. And we haven't actually had a chance to see Narnia yet. I took my mother up uh, to Tennessee to take cats to a hospital to see if they had heart defects. They don't, but it was five cats and a small trailer. And a poodle. Yes. Don't forget the poodle. Five cats, a poodle, in a very small trailer in Tennessee. It was an experience. It's almost, you know, enough to, to make a movie about itself, I mean... Very epic. Here's what happened. My mom was shaving one of the cats because she doesn't bother to actually groom them regularly. So they developed these horrible mats that are much like felt pelts around the cat. And they cannot, with the ultrasound machine, get through to see the heart, which is apparently what we were there for. So she was having to shave it. Now, we only had a small trailer, so there was no place to shave the cat inside the trailer. So she was shaving it in the picnic table outside in the campgrounds. Now, while she was shaving it, one of the cats managed to squiggle free from her, and she escaped down to the waterfront and was running up and down the the, the Tennessee River. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on whose side you're taking in this battle, the dog did get out and did help my mom get a hold of the cat. So, the shaving wasn't done, like, at the veterinarian's office? No. That would have cost money. Yeah. Your mom spends thousands of dollars on cats already. 
No, she spends thousands of dollars on acquiring new cats. The actual upkeep and shaving of the cats must be as cheap as possible so that she can buy more cats. Uh, you've actually struck upon it there. I believe, uh, it's called animal hoarding, I think is... My mom's the crazy cat lady, if you people don't know. But, anyhow, since that's decidedly not awesome, let's move on to some things that are awesome. Like the world of awesome. So, Eric, I heard you want to talk about a versus game that just was announced a week or so ago. Yay! It's Mortal Kombat versus DC. Finally, my lifelong dream of watching Johnny Cage beat the shit out of Batman will come true. Well, yeah. maybe. I don't know if Johnny Cage is in it. But concept is... It's actually certainly high concept. Sadly, it won't be lowbrow, because it's only rated T for teen. T for teen, no blood, so no Mortal Kombat no finishing fatalities. Moves, no fatalities. You don't get to see Superman rip somebody's spine out. If we're lucky, oh, we might get to see Bat- a Batman babality. I don't know. I just want to see Batman put somebody in the groin. I mean, just like, do the whole Johnny Cage thing. Like, I want Batman to have that ability. The will, splits and the wham! Will he do the thing where he walks out and goes, I'm Batman? Probably. Bat nuts. Wham! If we can only hope. Now, the Awesome Versus game was actually just announced today. We're recording on Wednesday. It's released on Friday. But it's uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Cross-generation of heroes. It was apparently to be uh, released in the upcoming issue of Famitsu. It's um, Tatsunoko, who, in case you didn't realize it, made this show that we actually reviewed a movie of. Speed Racer! They made Speed Racer. They also did things like uh, they did animation for Macross, Evangelion. They did Kishurn, Gotcha Man. Kishurn, they had a good live-action movie, too. I thought I'd interject that. Well, good is a word that possibly could describe the live-action Kishurn movie. Um... But we know that we know it's going to feature a tag team matches because it's a Capcom versus game, and we know that uh, Ru, Chen Li, Ken Washiro from Gotcha Man, and Kashun have been announced. Another game that just came out last week, where um, the WiiWare launch was Nintendo's original game download stuff, um, and out of all of them, including their weird Crystal Chronicles, really my terrible. life as a Sim City, yeah, my, my life is transaction Sim Town, transaction city. Where it's a game where you buy the initial game, and then you keep buying packs get all the other races. You start off with only Clavots, and you have to buy all the other races. That sounds lame. Seriously, MMO makers learn something from these guys. Have a, a product that everybody wants, and then sell the game, game in little itty-bitty pieces to them. Imagine playing WoW, where you can only play as humans. If you wanted to play as, you know, trolls, that's an extra $10. Oh man, the Twin Blades of Azanoth dropped. Let me get my credit card out. Anyways, the one I want to talk about... Is a game called Lost Winds, which was developed by uh, Frontier Developments, and it's certainly a step above what I think they made last time, which was Thrillville. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, it's a platforming, episodic game, and that they'll release this in chunks. And it's where you play this little dude named uh, Toku, and he's an adventure to save his land. Apparently, back in the day, there was a huge demon thing, and it got sealed away. But uh, one of the spirits that was sealing away got sealed too, and it was a wind spirit named Enril. And uh, Enril is the spirit of wind, and you use the Wiimote to manipulate the wind. It's actually got a really neat thing where you draw a cursor, and the wind draws in that shape. You can, like, manipulate fire that way, where, say, you have a torch over here, and almost a screen later, there's another torch that has to be lit. You make a little wind gust to 
carry the fire through. It's got a lot of great puzzle elements to it, and uh, it's a beautiful game. Like, shame on a lot of the developers in the Wii. Why can you not make a full Wii game that looks as good as this download game? Seriously, shame on you guys. All the PS2 ports, fuck y'all. Like, yeah, it looks really good. It's got a very, very, almost Okami Yeah, a lot like Okami. Like, you were describing it, and that's what I was sitting here thinking, was that it sounds a lot like a lot of the basics behind the gameplay in Okami, where you're drawing on the screen. Yeah. This one's, instead of drawing spells and stuff, it's a lot yeah. more direct manipulation. Huh. And it's almost, uh, pardon me for using a parishism, but it's very Metroidvania in that you walk around, you look around different zones stuff. As you open up, you get new abilities, which opens up stuff in other zones, and there's stuff you can collect. It's really fun. But also released today was Pain Arcade's On the Rain Slick Parapets of Darkness, Episode 1. Episode 1. For forever, um, Pain Arcade has been for the past year or two. Two years with, now. With, with uh, Hothead Studios, uh, or Hothead Games, to release this, this new downloadable game. It's on PC, Linux, Macintosh, and Xbox Live Arcade. And it's a, it's, if you imagine a Penny Arcade RPG, this is it. It takes place in 1922 in the city of uh, New Arcadia. It's sort of a Lovecraftian, sort of, you know, steampunky look to it. And I know the preview comics had some sort of weird, beaked, tentacle, elder god-looking thing. And it was weird, but it's, you start off with one of the best reasons to, uh, to start off a game ever, and wanting to defeat the main bad guy. And sort of a Hitchhikers-esque thing, it a giant fruit fucker steps on your house and you don't like this and want to beat up this giant monstrosity and as you do you run into Gabe and Tyka and they're like what? You're like, I want to join you why? a giant fruit fucker stepped on my house yeah that sounds like a good reason yeah you can you can hop along with let's us let's go guys let's take this thing down while the character creation is pretty not exactly robust you only get four options for everything like four head types four body types four clothing options you can adjust the colors, but the upside to this is that when your character's made, it looks like a character out of Penny Arcade. It looks like Gabe Druitt. And it's sort of got a weird merger of 2D animation with 3D animation. 3D. And then all the cutscenes. Yeah, so it has a mix of sort of 2D animation, 3D animation. Like, a lot of the cutscenes are actually uh, 2D, almost like it's Flash, but it's rendered in the actual in-game engine. Animation, whereas when you're walking around, you turn into a sort of a 3D version of yourself, but actually still looks like their art, sort of, even though you can tell it's pretty much a yeah, video game. But it's a lot of fun. It's definitely got an RPG feel to it. You fight enemies, you have super moves, you have team moves. It's, for an RPG light, it's pretty, pretty RPG-like. The question is, is it funny? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is very funny. That's the reason to download a Penny Arcade game. Not for the robust gameplay, but does it make you laugh your ass all off while you're pushing the buttons? Yeah, like the first thing you yeah you hear when you talk to NPC is like, is like welcome to Thor or anything. It's like it's holy shit that was a fucking huge robot. Why was it here? <laughs> it's good. Definitely download it. Ten bucks. I'm sorry, twenty bucks. It's twenty bucks, but worth it. Well, one thing I want to talk about before we get to the main point of interest here. Uh, there is an anime that's out that is currently airing in Japan. You can download the fan subs before you know. You can buy the VHS or the manga. But, uh... VHS? I don't know. I don't pay attention to these things anymore. Whatever you f- kids use these days in your new fangled technologies. They're called DVDs. DVDs. Oh, fine. So, before you could go... So, you can watch it now, as it's airing in Japan. 
Or, you know, you can wait and buy the beta. But it's called Soul Eater. And Soul Eater is a whole fuck ton of awesome shoved directly down your throat as you are watching it. It is freaking sweet. It's definitely the big shonen show to watch. You, I'll be interested, Eric. If the person who wrote the manga for this was an assistant to the person who wrote Gatekeepers. No, Get Backers. Get Backers. But then Get Backers was assistant to the guy who did Onizuka. So it's sort of like watching Onizuka two steps removed. Oh, come on. That, that's, that's like your sister's cousin's aunt's uncle's gas station attendant wrote this. I mean, that's... Yeah, but they're hot, so it's okay. Okay, I'll watch it. When I was first watching it, I actually could have sworn that the that the artist must have served some time as an assistant under the guy who did who did Shaman King because I thought that the art style looked very similar. I was as Basil has pointed out with the actual origins completely wrong in this assumption, but I still stand by my statement that I think that the art style looks similar. It's just what if you took that art style and made it even more funky? Even more kind of grunge, goth. What do you think? It's definitely out there. I saw. I thought it way more D. Gray Man than anything else. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like D. Gray Man too. That's another good good thing to point to if we're trying to compare the art styles. It everything is very highly stylized. In fact, the one gripe I had about the show watching it was that I thought that the voice acting didn't match. But that's because these characters are in this just insane world, and then they have normal voices, like normal person voices. Although, you know, Shinigami. Yeah. The idea is that there's this huge university thing led by Shinigami, who's this death guy. Yeah, he Um, is death, is basically how I've seen it translated. They're trying to save the world by capturing these demonic souls. And the way they do it is you have a team of a human who wields a human who can turn to a weapon, and them together uh, make this pair, and if they get... 99 demon souls, and one soul of a witch, they can turn the weapon into a death scythe, which is the weapon used by Shinigami for whatever reason. It looks right now like that. It looks like there's only four episodes out, and it looks right now like there are actually three main, three different sets, sets of main characters. Not like six main characters, but different sets. There's Maka and Soul Eater, Black Star and Tsubaki. And there is Death the Kid and his two hot chick guns. But I'm sure we'll talk more about that show at a later date. But now, we're talking about a little more different, a little bit more metal, definitely more brutal, Metalocalypse. So, Metalocalypse. Metal. By uh, Brandon Small and Tommy Blotchka. Yes, it's by Brandon Small and that other guy, and it airs on Cartoon Network. Adult Swim. Yes. Do we know the times right now? At some point. At some point night. at night, guys, because this is pretty uh, pretty harsh. It, it's, it's on very late at night. It only airs in 15-minute episode spurts. 
It is so totally, completely awesome. Uh, it basically follows the adventures and or misadventures of a Swedish death metal band. They're American not actually Swedish. Swedish. They're, uh, they're half... Like, three members of the band are... Three members of the band are from the United States, two of which are actually from Florida. Uh, I think the, the style of music is Swedish death metal. Though. It's actually Norwegian, Norwegian death, metal. death metal. Okay, or, or Scandinavian, or some sort of you Scandinavian, know, European, some kind of European death metal. Look, it ain't American. So they don't have Norwegian McDonald's. death metal. Just two of them are Scandinavian. One, the lead guitarist is from Sweden, and the rhythm guitarist is from Norway. Oh, Norway, I love you. So, who makes this band? Death Clock. The band's called Death Clock. The lead singer is Nathan Explosion. Swissgar Swigelf is the lead guitarist. He's taller than a tree. He is taller than a tree. He's taller the fastest. He's the fastest guitar player in the world, according to the context of the show. Next is Toki Wartooth. He's not a bumblebee. He's not a bumblebee. Not a bumblebee at all. Is claimed to be the second fastest guitar player in the world, but at the same time, he also kind of really sucks, at least in comparison to Swissgar. And then there's William Murderface, 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 who is on the bass guitar and can apparently play the bass guitar with his penis. Uh, Pickles the drummer, doodly doo, doodly doo. He was apparently in a band. Bef- he was in a band called Snakes and Barrels, wherein he was the lead singer and lead guitarist before joining Death Clock as their drummer. And I think that's it. I think that's the band. That's the entire band. Then you have the creepy lawyer guy, whose yeah. name I don't know. Olsen, I think is his name, and he is their lawyer, manager, Guy who gets keeper. some... Yeah, keeper, basically. He follows them around and tells them when they have to do things, like, or they'll be put in jail, or... Or you have you need to do this and you'll be covered. You know we got to cover up this drunken murder spree you went on. That sort of thing. Let's see. Yeah, it's basically Austin's job to smooth over the gaps between the reality that the band lives in and the reality that the rest of the world works in. Oddly enough, the realities aren't that far different. Usually not. No. <laughs> basically, Death Clock is supposed to be so popular. That they get away with just the most absurd of things. Um, For a great example is in one episode they uh, need to... They've made too much money again, so they need to have some sort of tax scheme. So the band decides to adopt an orphan as... uh, Because they think for some reason that'll give them tax breaks. And they tie him to a stake in the back and are throwing him food at one point. And they think of him less of him as like an actual human being, more like, you know, a pet. A pet. They yeah. have they didn't him actually neutered. want. They have him neutered at one point by a veterinarian. In that same episode, they open the death clock home for wayward kitties, and when they unleash the kitties, there's not even any question why these kitties would jump out of the boxes and kill the native residents of the of the, the island, island, but they mass. do. But they do, in mass, and it's very bloody. They also have a uh, charity concert with the London Philharmonic, Philomar- which lasers to, you know, cut them into ribbons instead. And, you know, they, they never go to jail for killing the entire London Philharmonic. They raise a troll at one point. Yes. Uh, in, and, destroys uh, an entire country. Destroys an entire country. Nobody really questions that. Or They have to play as their grandpa's guitars. Grandpa's guitars. Yeah, the, the troll kills all the electricity in the country, so they have to use acoustic guitars. Grandpa's so, guitars. None of them can read music, uh, so that presents to be a little bit of a problem. <laughs> uh, and uh, But they have to save the country, because if they don't, how will 
ability to check the internet. That Which was very important. Very important. That was pretty much uh, their uh, big their reason for saving the country. Yes. Yeah, so they have various wild and crazy adventures, usually involving metal, dismemberment, destruction, mayhem. There is a count there's a council that has come together of various world leaders designed the tribunal. to The Tribunal. The Tribunal is there to Led observe Death Clock. You get the impression that some of them want to prevent the oncoming metalocalypse, which they're sure that Death Clock is going to unleash upon, unleash upon the world. them. But at the same time, they never actually do anything. They mostly just go, No, we must watch and wait. Well, remember, there's always there's different members. There's like there the is. United States military guy that's always like, let's just go kill the fuckers. This is the chance we need to go kill them. And you know the religious guy who's always like, no, they're threatening the power of the. I think he's supposed to be a pope or something. You're threatening no, no, the power. He's, of he's, he's, he's a cardinal. He's a no, cardinal. he's for it. You know, it's the guy who's in charge of everything. He wants to wait. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, the yeah the cardinal who who's always like, no, we've got to take we got to take them out because they're threatening the power of the church. Yeah. Because more people believe in death clock than the Catholic Church. There is a great episode, Death Religion. Is that what it is? Is Death Religion? I think so. I don't well, believe the, in the Bible. That's the, the Bible style, doesn't exist. That's the style of how all the episodes are named, and it does have a great little moment where Swissgar Squigelf, you know, with his poor grasp of English, tries to say that he does not believe in the Bible. And then Nathan Explosion points out that there is a Bible. Sitting on the know, floor right there. Right there. And so... Oh, maybe I go to my room and three thinks my life. <laughs> it's a it's a good scene. They eventually uh, go to a church of Satanism where Murderface concludes that all religion is the same and that they might as well just go get drunk, which I think is an adequate message to be sending out to people. Um, guys, maybe yet another reason why we're not watching Narnia yet. <laughs> don't don't want to go watch this show if you're uh, got a weak stomach. It's very high on the gore. Um, in fact, that it was a huge turnoff for me at first because the jokes are funny, and the, the problem is is that a lot of times, for almost random and no reason, horrible, horrible, bloody things will happen, and it's kind of like if they go on too long, it's going like, okay, guys, I get you're trying to be funny, haha, people's arms got ripped off, but yeah, I remember about two years ago when I was like, oh hey, my apocalypse is on. These guys were like, what? No, that should look stupid. Next thing I know, like a year later. I have stopped caring about you know, Adult Swim. Suddenly nobody drags down like, Basil, there's a show. It's called Metalocalypse. You need to watch it. And I'm like, alright. The thing is, is that there, I, I really like the show, and I do have to turn away. Like, there are portions of episodes where I just, like, turn and look at something else while the gore is going on. I know for a lot of people, they actually even like it for the gore, but that's not actually what draws me. What really draws me as I think I've said it before, is actually the dynamic of the characters. I thought it was, I did think the show was kind of stupid until the moment I realized that they are actually well-developed characters. They just have horrible, horrible flaws. Like, really Nathan, up. Nathan is possibly functionally retarded. <laughs> uh, you know. It, hey, we, uh, guys, I, I had another one of those dreams. Uh, one where I think I'm stupid or something. <laughs> well, yeah, it's he's... You know, whether it's whether he was born that way and he has some sort of autism or he just drank and did drugs until that happened, I don't know, but something obviously stopped firing up there. Uh, Murderface, when you talk about uncouth and a complete jackass, 
That's murder face. He but works at it. He sort of redefines the whole definition of uncouth and jackass. He even sits down and defines it at some point. Yeah. See, I'm not getting mad. That make was that that makes yeah. me a, a jerk or something. It's called being a dick. Oh, that 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 makes me a dick. That's right. See, I'm not the one getting mad. That makes me a dick. When I first started watching the show, I really hated Murder Face, like just really bad. But as I grow to, as I watch the show, you actually kind of grow to pity him, and then you actually grow to identify with him because it's sort of like every time you've ever put your foot in your mouth. There's That's, Murder Face. Yeah, yeah, there's Murder Face doing it. They have Swissgar, who, despite all of his horrible flaws, is actually a musician and does actually care about the music. Like, yeah. He's terribly arrogant about it. Well, he had a horrible childhood. Everybody in this show has a horrible everybody childhood. Everybody in this show had a horrible like, Except even, for Tokyo, I, I don't think Tokyo. No, no even no, Tokyo. Oh, that's right. Tokyo had, Toki the, crazy had the worst child. Yeah, that's right. He had the tra- the the crazy parents. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then there's Pickles, who who's just is just, an actual rocker with a great. Yeah, Pickles <laughs> is basically like the real rock band member who's kind of wandered in. If there's ever anything resembling an intelligent plan in the show, it's come from Pickles. Yeah, like Pickles is the smart one in the band. And that's really... And he's drug-addled constantly. Yeah, I was pretty much immune to everything at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, he's drinking, like, don't get drunk. It'd require, like, another hundred bottles to get him drunk. It's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, guys, this is making me depressed. <clears throat> I need to go get a drink. And not this drink, another drink. In a different place. The, in a different place. <laughs> this, yeah. But uh, the second season just came out, I think, last week. Uh, well, actually, the second season has been out for a while. For so- I don't know why, but uh, Cartoon Network stopped airing it, and they recently s- started re-airing it. So we are getting new episodes, but it's sort of like it's sort of like we're getting new episodes about halfway into the second season. Wonder- maybe it was the writers' writer strike. Yeah, maybe it was the writers' strike. The thing saying happened to House MD. Yeah, like, a lot, a lot of stopped. shows stopped in the middle. Here. And we just now got the last like few episodes. Uh, that yeah. that's probably what it is then because they did air a couple of se- a couple of episodes of season two, but then they stopped after only like three or four episodes, and now they're re-airing them. Uh, they just recently aired uh, Death Wedding, in which Pickles's greedy brother is getting married to some random woman, and he invites Pickles to come back and be a part of his wedding. And the band insists and forced Pickles to do it, basically because it's really too funny to leave. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> One of the things about the characters is, you got to realize, is they don't really like each... They, they, I don't know, it's kind of strange, it's hard to describe. It's almost like they're, they're on the same team, but they, they're not friends. You know, they are co-workers, and so a lot of times they'll gang up on one of them when there's something horribly embarrassing or terrible they can do to them and, like, insist they do it's that also thing. partially because they're just bad people. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not exactly the nicest folks you'll ever meet. In fact, they're probably some of the worst people you'll ever meet. Especially if you're just a regular person of their your death clock. Because you could die at any moment around them. Yeah, but their chef. Their chef that uh, they cobbled together. They, yeah. they they believe that their chefs are cursed, like, and they're very distraught by the fact that their chefs are cursed. Unfortunately, if you watch the show, you realize that it's not just the chefs, that Everyone. anybody within, like, a 50-mile radius of Death Clock is apparently cursed or something. There's a very high chance that you might die, but you don't care <clears throat> because it means Death Clock killed you, and that's an honor worth dying and that's for. that's metal. 
During the strike, um, I guess maybe if that's the reason, they did. He actually did a Brandon Small actually got a, a band members together and actually put you know Death Clock on tour, touring a bunch of college campuses. So actually people got to see it. It was much like a Head in Gorillas, where they have the actual players below. They actually have the characters being you know shown on a huge screen up top, actually doing the movements. And apparently, it was it was good enough to actually going on tour with uh, Swilling Green and uh, Chimaria. Another actual tour tour. That is the other thing about uh, <clears throat> that is the other thing about Metalocalypse is that the metal music that they have in there is actually pretty good death metal music, and a lot of people who like that kind of music do in fact like what Death Clock is producing. They've a lot of them have said how ironic it is that the show is basically built to make fun of them, and yet it's producing really good. Yeah, there's a CD out now. Yeah, the, the, of, uh, death, mm-hmm. death album. The death album that's uh, actually done pretty well, if I remember. Yeah. It's actually what they're using to promote on their tour. On their tour, yeah. And they actually, uh, they actually go out of their way to you know do things like they have MySpace pages and live journals and all sorts of stuff where they actually, you know, if you want to be a part of the mythos, 
you, you have access to it. I think one time you mentioned nobody about apparently how they noticed all the Yaoi fan fiction yeah. being put out. Yeah, at one point they noticed all the Yaoi fan fiction about that being put out, so they had Toki go over and completely not get any of it. Like, just totally, like, in character he posted just not understanding what was being said, and it was priceless. It was great. If you don't know, guys, Yaoi is boys having sex. And uh, we're more or less an anime video game podcast. They, they, they what, should know. They should know what Yaoi is. And not with women. Like with each other. <laughs> oh, Eric. In the pot. So, Metalocalypse. How metally awesome is it? I don't have a pun number for this one, actually, guys, so y'all are going to have to do it. Cause... I just think it was brutally awesome. Brutally awesome? Brutally awesome. There you have it, guys. Metalocalypse is brutally awesome. This has been the Awesome Cast. To learn more about us, check us out on the web at osmcast.com. Awesome Cast. So awesome, only three letters can contain it. Or send us an email at awesomecast at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye bye. So, I think it was a 100 awesomes. Exactly 100. Thank you. Do, 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 do. Not yet. Oh, that's Not yet. That's, that's next week. <laughs>